I was supposed to tell this story about how Kane had this girlfriend that he killed in a car crash. And it was just insane. And it ends up, I'm at a funeral home with a dummy in a coffin. Oh, my God. With Kane's mask on, pretending I'm Kane. I'm on top of the coffin having mock sex with this mannequin. Oh, my God, no. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah. And and Vince is yelling at me, God damn it, do it harder, make more noise and stuff. It's got to be over the top. I really did. I screwed your brains out. So they've got a new a documentary about Jay Uso on the WWE Network. It's really good. I know you've been yeah. kind of busy this weekend, and I've been doing stuff this weekend, but I saw about 15 or 20 minutes. I, I'll say this. They've done a great job of building him up. I don't know. As we sit here, I'm as you know, I'm like a massive Uso's mark from way back. I, I'm down one. You know, I'm down since day one-ish and all that shit. I don't see him as a – a big I don't see him as a legitimate contender to beat Roman Reigns or to, to win the title tonight or whatever. Yeah. But they built him up. I mean, I'll say that they they've made a big effort in making that dude a pretty big baby face for this thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I, I didn't think they'd really have enough time to make it legit almost, but I you know, I think they did a pretty good job, like you said. And uh I, I think it's I think it's pay per view I think I guess it's you know main event worthy. Yeah, I don't, I just don't know. There's not a whole lot they can do to make Roman interesting, but they've done about as much as they can with him coming back. The storyline of him bowing out and then putting Heyman with him, and now they've got this little wrinkle where his cousin is going to be challenging for the title, and you don't know if Roman's okay with it or not. And like I said, I think it's easily the best stuff that he's done since the Shield broke up. Do you agree with that? Oh yeah, oh yeah, not a question about that. Yeah, I think he's. I think it's pretty good, and I think it's. It should be. A, it should be an interesting pay-per-view tonight because that main event looks pretty solid. I don't know if they've set McIntyre up worth a shit for this thing. It seems like he's kind of gotten the the shitty end of the stick. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be like Conrad. Wouldn't you agree? Uh, yeah. yeah, I would agree. Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't I think, think they've set – they haven't set him up very well at all, I don't mm-hmm. think. No, 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 no. I, I don't I, – I, so do you, you, you think Randy Orton is still going to come out on top or not? I can't tell, and and like, I I, I would be pissed. I was going to say I don't care, but I want Drew to win because I like Drew, and, and Drew's a good baby face, and he's he's who the company needs to to kind of ride with right now. I think we right. need to kind of let this play out, right? And I don't yeah. know even that, that Orton has enough heel heat in him with how many times he kicks people to head and shit. I don't think that matters at this point, but no. they need to continue Drew along this this line until they can get a decent heel against him and I don't I don't know who that would be right now in my mind. Well, you know, that was the argument I think who who'd you say made that was it Pixon Span made the argument that Drew needs to lose it because of the lack of uh baby faces. It was or, well, some, I'm sorry, lack of uh, lack of heels for him to go against or something like that. I think Bixen Span was too busy drooling over other people's girlfriends. It was somebody else. It was some other article that I was reading last week. Gotcha. <laughs> that war is still continuing by the way. Oh yeah, I'm sure that did the Bixen Span last war still continue. They're still lobbing, and it's it's almost kind of one sided at this point because Bix seems to have backed off. But yeah, last continues to throw massive bombs, and he still says he's got something in the arsenal that would be like, "I'm, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to destroy you if I if I let the whole thing out." Which I don't I don't is, know. This is sounding more and more like a work. The longer this goes no, on, no, I don't think I think I think it's legitimate. Time. 
I think it's okay. legitimate because I don't think he would pick on the guy if he because I think he's been protecting him for a while. He's kind of felt sorry yeah. for him. a lot of people, and you know, Vixen Span doesn't seem to be the average. He seems to be like uh, sort of a kid in an adult's world. He doesn't he does he hasn't done a lot of the stuff that Lass is talking about. I don't think he's had to go out and. I don't think he's gone on dates and he's certain. I don't know if he's been in a big relationship or anything with a man or a woman or anybody. So I don't, I don't know any of that stuff. So, you know, I don't, I don't think last would expose any of that stuff. If it was yeah, just, I don't, I, don't, I don't think, I don't think Bix would go, Hey, go after me, go after me on the virginity stuff. That's, that's gold. I don't think that would be something he would do. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I don't, I don't think that's, <laughs> but it's just, I don't know. It just seems kind of out of the blue to be a, a, a damn, you know, for real, but I guess it is. That'd be, that's going to be good, I think. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know about this pay-per-view tonight, but I, I think they built Jimmy – I thought they built Jey Uso up to a pretty good level with this thing and with the stuff that they've done. They've got, they show him with his kids, and, like, his youngest kid wants Uncle Roman to win. <laughs> it's like he, he wants Uncle Joe to win. He asks his oldest kid. And like, nobody in the house is supporting him. Do you like slap his kid around after he said no, that? Yeah, he did. He 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 tombstone him right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he's Crispin Wah. He's the Samoan Crispin Wah, bro. Oh, That's yeah. what happened. <laughs> he put him in the crippler. Oh, too soon? Is it too soon? <laughs> Sorry. It's too soon. I should I shouldn't have gone there, but yeah, yeah. Oh, and as far as as far Watch as Jason, jokes while you're at it. Yeah, I got a couple of great Kennedy jokes. <laughs> if you want, if you want a couple of those, um, do you want the Lindbergh baby shit now, or do you, do you want to wait till later? I got that's some fatty. That's, I got some, that's, that's, wasting, that's wasting gold right now. Let's hold on to that. I got some fatty Arbuckle shit. I can run by you a little bit later if it's good. <laughs> I'm always down for some fatty. Oh, Arbuckle. Fat, no, fatty Arbuckle's timeless. I got some great 9/11 jokes. If you want me to go ahead and just throw yes. those out there, because yes, no, please. What was that when Gail Sayers died? When they, the Gail Sayers, yeah. I said, yeah. I told Brian, I told uh, Brad. I said, you know, I saw Brian's song, and that movie was hilarious. I don't- <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, that movie. yeah, that a- <laughs> it's a, it's just a rip roar, isn't it? It's like it blazing, is. it's like oh, blazing it saddles. Good. It is. Good. The happy ending have is a, what got me. Have a bad day. Go, 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 rip Brian's song. <laughs> Brian's song is. That's one that'll just put a smile on your face and make you go zippity doo dog. All the live long day. It'll lift you, it'll lift you right up out of your doldrums. You're having a bad day. You just lost a loved one. You know, one of those things. You had a bad year like 2020. Doesn't go matter. watch Brian's song. It'll, yeah. it'll just bring you It'll bring you right out of it. Bring you right out of it. We went over the Clash of Champions card and uh, last week, so I don't really need to do that again, but I'm going to discover fresh in case. Now, by the way, we do need to talk about possibly the worst Raw in the history of the world. Now, I, I know as we record this, it's been six days and some people have forgotten, but it was, it was such a stinky turd that it is still the smell is still I, emanating I, from miles. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a stench that probably won't go away for a minute. They, were, they, they said it. They were, and and uh, Meltzer said it was WCW level. So see, I don't know if it was that bad. I mean, it was it was bad. But WCW level, man, that's bad. When you start talking that's about bad. that's really bad. WCW ninety nine two thousand. It's going to be very hard for any promotion ever to get that awful. Right, and I I, I mean, I can say what you want about WWE. I've said it plenty of times. You know, disparaging things about them, but I don't think that was WCW bad on Monday. It was bad, but it wasn't that bad. There was a lot of bad stuff that has to do with it. I mean, there's, there was a lot of 
a lot of very not good things because people became I'm not sure if the hurt business they were didn't they they started out as heels and then I think they became babyface because they got sick of retribution and then I don't know. I don't I'm so lost on, on what's going on with all that shit. This whole retribution thing is kind of going off the rails a little bit to me. And maybe maybe it'll all come together at, at the pay per view tonight. I don't know, but it's it's so sporadic and just kind of herky jerky. It doesn't. I'm not sure what they're going for here. I mean, what you, 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 didn't like, for, you, you, didn't, you didn't enjoy flapjack and tire fire and <laughs> whatever their names. Whatever whatever the, their names are. I mean. Cinnamon stick, <laughs> <laughs> cocoa, Rocco, and Joe, whatever the fuck those names were. Yeah, some fuck. And then they were trying to do something else with Maya Yim and like the other chick, and they were mm-hmm. like, "Well, we're going to do that. We're going to go with like uh, Summer's Eve and Tampax for you." But we decided we're going to we're going to like not do that for right now. We're going to hold yeah. off on it. Yeah, probably a good move. As always, I'm blaming all of this shit on Bruce Pritchard. I'm just going to go ahead and say that right now. All, all of this shit is I'm Bruce Pritchard until I'm proven otherwise. Yeah, sure. Given his stupidity and awfulness as he's assaulted, you know, Dave Meltzer and anybody who has written a printed word that uh, criticized Vince McMahon and, yeah. and and has lied about so many things and protected so much shit, it's all Pritchard's fault until proven otherwise. It's the exact opposite of the American penal system. <laughs> I'm innocent until proven guilty. Pritchard is guilty until proven innocent of booking some really awful shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll <laughs> always agree with that. So what what were you saying? You were saying about retribution. You're so confused about what they're supposed to be or any of that shit. What what's going on with it? I mean, it's I don't know. I I I I can usually come up with some sort of end game with this, but I'm not sure if I know what an end game is here. I'm not. I I guess because we're for one thing, we're not real sure who all it is. I've seen all these names pop up of who it is and who's, who's in it and all this stuff. So well, I still think one of them Dijakovic, but that one dude just, it is, like it, it's definitely Dijakovic and my, my Yim's one of the women, but everybody else I'm kind of, I'm kind of loose on. Yeah. Yeah. And Yim. Yes. Right. But yeah. So I, I just, I, I'm not sure what, what, what the point of all this is. Is it, is it just a 2020 version of Nexus? Well, they continue. This is the weird thing is they continue to fuck themselves with those tweets about like, well, WWE hired us because we were causing so many problems. And with us in the system, that was less liability for them if we were employees. And, and then Jericho's like, what? He, he subtweets it like, what? Like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> so I, I sincerely hope that the incredible social media team at World Wrestling Entertainment is not telling these guys to go out on Twitter and justify their idiotic angle. I hope that's not. Please tell me that they're freelancing. And if they are freelancing, somebody needs to tell them to stop. Well, I mean, if it's if it's just a bunch of NXT people, why why do they have to go through all this bullshit of saying, you know, they hired us to do this? Just don't say anything and just reveal yourself as being NXT people who feel shit on or whatever their right. issue is. I mean, all this, we hired us because of the, that's so stupid, man. And don't be I flapjack mean, and hard rock because last week you were just Dominic Dijakovic and we were, we knew your names. We we're just like last week you were booked. Why all of a sudden are you flapjack and hard scrabble or whatever the fuck? It, you are? And is it me or is their masks now? It's like, it shows really almost who most of them are, you know, 
Well, I now I, I'm sure Bruce Pritchard would tell you that's by design. They they went through 75 meetings with creative. Everybody and they, they went, knew yeah. who they were already. <laughs> so we decided a little bit at a time to unmask these people, Brian. And, and you, because you don't have a promotion, uh, you wouldn't understand that. You would never be able to understand that's such a huge money drawer when you like very carefully unmask somebody over a period of time. That's drawn money. A million times. I mean, yeah, that's that's how they did it with Bullet, with Bob Armstrong. It's how they did it with Charlie Brown, with John, with, with Jimmy Valiant. It's how they did it with Midnight Rider, with Dusty Rhodes. They eventually just unmasked them a little bit of time until you realized it was Dusty Rhodes or Jimmy Valiant or Bob Armstrong. Don't, don't you understand wrestling at all? I know. It's so stupid to me. <laughs> I, I just feel like an idiot. <laughs> Why don't you understand history? I don't understand. Someone who is, is such a student of wrestling history like Bruce Pritchard obviously would I don't understand that. That's why he's doing the action. <laughs> you have no idea. You have no clue about anything. About I, want, I, I want to know what's going on now. I want to keep up what's going on now. F That's everything. Right. F Ricky Steamboat. F, right. F Greg Valentine. Because the stuff All back then that. sucked. F the it. stuff back then was terrible, and the stuff now is great. <laughs> That's the truth. That's right. That's what's That's going exactly. on. That's Today's right. wrestling is where it's at. It's the bee's knees, daddy o, and you can take your Mid Atlantic Championship wrestling and fold it up sideways and stick it up your candy ass. By the way, <laughs> did you see the video? Dwayne has endorsed Biden Harris in 2020. I, you know, it's funny you mentioned that because I, um, I saw the the headline for it, and I was going to click on the link, but I got distracted and didn't go back. But I was interested to in seeing what that was. I was hoping. That's what it would be, of course. But yep, wasn't totally convinced. If you know what I'm saying. No, he was. It was. It was. It's legitimate. He's really talking to them. He has a very serious conversation about like policy and what inspires him. And he and I think he's Good. very. He as we all are. He's smitten with Kamala Harris, and was talking about what a great leader she's been and how impressive she's been. I believe she's going to be in North Carolina on Monday, yep. Brian. She's going to be in Raleigh. Yep. I think. Raleigh. Yep. And. She's she's amazing. And he he fully endorses. I know a lot of people are worried about Rocky um, because he spoke at the Republican convention and they thought he had some. That's what I'm talking about. You're right. But I, it looks like he's he's not lost his mind. Right, yeah, well, good. Something to say about those Hollywood people. <laughs> great. I'm, I'm happy. I mean, I, I think it's a great thing. I think it's going to bring him a lot of hate. There's going to be a lot of incredible. Ju- and again, this is going to be completely coincidental. There's going to be a, a tremendous amount of racism that goes toward the rock right now. And it, and it won't be, it's going to be completely coincidental, unrelated to this. I just want to make that very clear. Just throw, you know, throw that out there just to clear it up before it happens. So everybody's perfectly clear. Yeah. on it. It's just, you know, there's a lot what's happening now in America is there are a lot of left wing people and they they're showing Nazi imagery and Klan imagery. And they just happen to have Trump hats and shirts and flags, and they're trying to make the Trump people look bad. That's what's happening in America That's right it. now, and yeah. we, we all know yeah. it. Yeah. Everybody knows. <laughs> Everyone's aware of it, you know, and then they, they they allegedly, now this is a false flag, they had this guy in California who's a white supremacist, he was shooting at cops this weekend. Now, come on. We no. all know the people that shoot at the cops are the soy boys. That's, the, that's exactly all, right. Know. The, the Prius driving, uh, uh, soy boy, granola chewing, uh, uh, those free range idiots. They're the ones that are shooting at the cops. Not the all good anti cop. That's exactly right. Not the good God fearing white supremacists <laughs> there. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. 
Remember the I axiom? Tell you, I got to tell you what, uh, this, this was probably a week or so ago, but well, I cracked up so hard on the Brad Britt podcast. Would, would you're talking about, I guess people talking, you were talking about people not wearing masks and, and that sort of thing. And, and right. Things it causes and the people have underlying issues that they don't that, that they themselves don't even know about. And Brad, <laughs> Brad goes, well, thank God COVID-19 is there to bring that out for everybody. <laughs> it is. What a bless. And nobody talks about what a blessing that is. I would not have known I had asthma or COPD or diabetes or high blood pressure or heart disease had it not. See, and, and, that's, and that's why people don't understand what a blessing this president has been. If he would have killed this virus and shut it down. All of these people would have not known about their underlying health conditions. Just walking around just clueless. So, the great thing is he's taken away their health insurance, so they can't go to the doctor to find out what's wrong with them. So, I mean, it's yeah. really just—it's really just a seamless ball, <laughs> ball of bullshit. Oh, it's so good. But yeah, I just had to say that because that just for some reason reminded me of that. Was that right after he told me to shut up because I lost weight and beat diabetes? I should shut the fuck up about this. You know, fat people. I can't help it, man. I'm a reformer. It's like the people who quit. Uh, it's like the people who quit smoking, and they always bitch about the smokers and stuff. I mean, it's just that, like that kind of thing. Yeah, well, dude, I never held it against you. Just FYI. Oh, okay, that's fine. I, I, I didn't think. I didn't think I was that hardcore about it, so I didn't know I'm fine. But I, I do. I mean, it comes up because I just feel like if I did it, anybody could do it, and that's not necessarily true. And you know, I, I, I know the I know the excuses that I made, and I know that there are some people out there like, thyroid issues. Like, no, you don't. I know people that have really true thyroid issues, and that's why they're fat. You're fat because you're lazy and you sit on the couch and you watch Netflix. That's why you're fat and you eat too much. I know because that was me, dude. I didn't that for years and years and years and years and years and then i didn't do it so i i know that it can be done the yeah. axiom the axiom on this show and on brad and brit is always the same not every trump supporter is a racist but pretty much right. every racist is a trump supporter without without with I, very little I, exceptions I, I, very little i would say very what one percent Less than you can, somebody find me a neo-nazi or a clan member who thinks that trump's doing a bad job Somebody, somebody would need to bring that person to me. I mean, it's anecdotal. Now, but I, I, now, hold on, hold on. Yeah. There could be somebody out there who thinks he's doing a bad job, who wants him to do, you know, be hard, more hardcore. Oh, he want, they want him to actually be at the lynchings themselves. Yes, yes, like with, yes. With, with Trump brand rope. That's yeah, he's yeah, not doing Trump, it. Okay. Rope, Trump brand, you know, gallows. Yeah. The whole works, you know. I could see that. There's a, there, by the way, there's a great documentary, uh, and I can't remember what it's called, but it's on Amazon Prime right now, and it's Stacey Abrams is in it, and Andrew Jackson, and a lot of lot of great people, and they talk about the right to vote over the years, going back to the civil rights, and about how voter suppression has been a thing for a long time. It's it's fantastic, and again, it's on Amazon Prime. But let's get back to wrestling for just a moment, because we do have to talk about uh, the late animal. Very unfortunate, very sudden death that happened this week. Animal from the Road Warriors, uh, Joe Laurinaitis passing away. I. I don't know, and I haven't heard. You may be more plugged in than I am. Have you have you heard anything about a cause of death or anything of the sort? I have not um, seen anything. I, I yeah. really haven't searched it out either. So, I, yeah. no, I haven't heard any. So, you're, I mean, your heart, uh, your heart has to go out for uh, the family and for everybody that was involved. Of Joe Laurinaitis, by all accounts, I, I never heard a bad story about him. Did you? No, not no. Really, by either one, I know Hawk had some, you know, 
right issues with the with the with the pills or whatever. But right. Other than that, I mean, as being good people, and they both seem you know people seem to talk pretty good about both of them, and especially him. Uh, the Minneapolis. I know, I know Rachel loved him. Love. Well, Rachel, Rachel, yeah, my heart has to go out to Rachel, too, because in a way she's lost a family member. I mean, she was always talking to us about Uncle Hawk, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and now she's Hawk, lost yeah, Uncle yeah. Animal. Yeah, she's yeah it goes back. Yeah. 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 It's, it's very it's very sad. Yeah. Um, we can get into some of that, some of the discussion in a moment. This is from the Minneapolis Star Tribune talking about what a good father he is. Um, of course, James Laurinaitis from the National Football League. I don't think I don't think James is still in the league anymore, is he? Uh. He played for the Rams before they moved to L.A., and then he played, yeah, I know, with the Saints, but I don't know if he still is currently an NFL linebacker. Yeah. I don't know. I kind of lost track of him. Yeah. Um, Joe Laurinaitis died Tuesday at the age of 60, and it's very sad to think of him as being uh, dying at that young an age because we are getting, it seems like, to a point where the wrestlers are not dying at the age of 45 and 50 as they were um, – you know, 20 years ago, that seemed to be like we had a rash of that stuff happening. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Various reasons. But a lot of it was because of the lifestyle and the damage that had been done by the combination of steroids and pills and alcohol um, over the years. The wrestling world has lamented his passing as a great competitor and showman with the face painted Legion of Doom. He was partnered with Road Warrior Hawk, that being Michael Hegstrand. Seems hard to believe that Michael Hegstrand died in 2003, Bryant, 17 years ah, ago. Yeah, it is a long time ago. At the ripe old age, as we've talking about, at 45 years old. Joe is uh, remembered differently by a legion of friends of oldest son, Joe Jr., daughter, Jessica, and James, and the linebacking star at Ohio State, who was then with the Rams. I just remember Joe as being present. If James had friends in the pool, Joe would get in his workout by picking us up and throwing us high out of the water. <laughs> Holy shit. How cool would that have been if you're a kid over at Animal's house? He picks you up and throws your ass in the pool. Oh, my God. I would have begged him to do it a hundred times. <laughs> that would have been the coolest shit ever, man. You go home and you tell your parents, they got thrown in the pool. Who did that? Uh, animal. Oh, yeah, I guess that's all right. Uh, okay, that's cool. I'm not going to do shit about that. Yeah, everything's good. Joe Laurinaitis coached James football teams from fourth to eighth grade. David Gaither was a football head of uh, Way Zada youth football then you don't see guys who are six foot one 300 pounds but also cut gator said joe would walk over to those fourth and fifth graders and their eyes would get huge he was never animal though he was a coach they all came to love that'd be another thing is having that dude out there and calling him coach joe or something like that yeah we did take advantage of joe for a poster he got tricked into his costume surrounded by james and other kids in their uniforms the message was you don't have to be an animal to play football and they've got a picture of it it's these little kids all in their uniforms trying to look badass and then he's got his shit on with the spikes and all that shit yeah it's, fan it's fantastic nice um so there's been a lot of talk about the road warriors uh over the past several days and about the legacy of of the road warriors and a lot of people are calling them the best tag team of all time. I mean, this is kind of a barroom discussion. There's no correct answer. There's really no wrong answer about it. But I was curious what your thought was when somebody says that this is the best tag team of all time. What do, what do you immediately think? Oh, wow. I, I You can't really – I don't know if it's they're the best tag team. You just can't say anybody's the best tag team. I, I, I think there's so many factors you got to throw in there. Exactly, including time and stuff. But again, we're not historians. We know nothing about wrestling history. But Bruce Pritchard does. No, no, no. We're we're idiots. Uh, but yeah, 
I would say, just off the top of my head, geez, man, they got to be top five all time, don't you think? This is this is this is my thought. I mean, uh, this is my thought because it was completely it, it's completely gimmick based. Because as far as being the best workers, no, they're, I I don't know if they're in the best top five tag team workers of all time. I can think off the top of my head several teams that were better workers, right? Whatever. Right. I mean, like, like Hogan, he wasn't a great worker. No, not at all. Exactly, yeah. but but a huge money draw. Saying. Yeah, yeah. But like Midnight's were way better workers than than uh, the Road Warriors were, and they needed teams like Midnight's to to get over. Um, rock and roll, better workers. Heart Foundation, better workers. Um, you know, Michaels and Janetti were better workers. I mean, there's there's a ton of tag teams like Patterson and Stevens, uh, Dusty Rhodes and Dick Murdoch. I mean, there, there's like a ton of Briscoe teams that were better workers. The, the Briscoes were probably better workers than those guys. The, you know, when, whenever Dory and Terry Funk would get together, they were probably better workers. But when you look at Arn and Tully, yeah, Arn and Tully, better workers for sure. Uh, and shit, Steamboat, Steamboat, and, and Jay Youngblood. Jay Youngblood. Yeah, absolutely. But when you look at money drawing tag teams, and even if you just for inflation, yeah, I think they've got to be one of the top two or three. I mean, if you if you adjust for because I I think Stevens and Patterson drew money, but I don't think if even if you adjusted for inflation, they drew the kind of money that the Road Warriors did. Of but, course, it was a different era, and there work. wasn't paper. There wasn't pay-per-view and all that shit. Right, 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 right. And that's why it's hard to right. compare to shit like that. But all the merch that they sold, those those shoulder pads that the kids bought, the makeup, yep. and all that mess, man. And that they were just so popular. I think and that's and that's why I was talking about it. It's just hard to say this team was the best or this team was the best. Is you gotta have like all these factors like popularity, uh appeal to the crowd, uh, work, you know, ability to work, um, just, you know, shit like that. And and some people's going to have more stars than others, and, and it just kind of evens out. And and I think after everything would even out, I, I still think they would be in the top three to five of all time. We got somebody chiming in on the Periscope. They're saying it was the last time, it was the last time tag team wrestling was main event level. Okay. All right. I'll give you that. Even though he was talking about um, – I heard Cornette talking about it. Even when they were on the scaffold, it was not the main event, but it was at that level and it was an attraction. And it it was could have been. It's what helped sell the pay-per-view and sold well, look, all of it. So, yeah. talking about that shit. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, come on. That's right. And that's and that's all because of that idiot Jerry Jarrett who doesn't know anything about wrestling according to, to Bruce Pritchard. Yeah, because he invented the scaffold match, but Bruce Pritchard, who worked for Paul Bosch, and Paul Bosch was way more inventive and ran a way better territory than Jerry Jarrett could ever even think of doing. Of course. Yeah, idiot. But anyway, yeah, I, I think when you look at the money that they drew, I don't know how influential they, they were because I don't – you couldn't that, – that's one of the things that was so special about them. You couldn't copy that act. I mean, you tried to with Demolition. Yeah, yeah. And, and I, to an extent, it wasn't – I mean, Demolition did well, basically just existing off of the fumes of the Road Warriors, I think. Well, uh, here's another thing. They they were kind of groundbreakers in a lot of in Oh, a lot God, of yeah. So, yeah. I mean, you know, that makes up for their ability or inability to work like the Midnight Express or Tar, uh, Ully and... <laughs> Ully and Tarn. Oh, Ully and Tarn. I love Ully and Tarn. <laughs> is Bryant tired? <laughs> Bryant is tired. Why don't you gulp down a Rockstar Energy drink, you bitch? 
Uh, no, man, I don't like those things. Those things scare me. I don't. I don't like them either. But sometimes they become extremely necessary. I, when you're I'm not until, saying I've never drank one. <laughs> when you have to pound one down about three o'clock in the morning. Jeez, you got to get it done. Point. Yeah, you got. You got to. And, and the one that I got, I got them on sale at Ollie's, so I got like three cases oh, of them. Like watermelon flavored or something. No, it's, pe- it's like peach iced tea. Oh, is, that, is it not good? It's a, it's like it's not bad. It's just not good. It's one of those things. <laughs> That's yeah. what I'm saying. I, so yeah, if, I, I don't I like peach iced tea though. They they are a huge. I mean, they were a huge influence, but you couldn't copy them. And, and when you talk about the shoulder pads and the face paint and shit like that, what about the Zubaz, man? People were wearing Zubaz because of those motherfuckers, right? That's right. That's right. That's right. Sure and enough. then Ellering got them in on the business on that Zubaz, and they made a shit ton of money with that stuff. Yeah. Who thought? Who would have thought, man? But they did, and, and and you know you could throw that as a as a category, you know, merchandising. Oh yeah, but no, I mean, I would, I know it's not it's not fair. I guess I don't know. I didn't really go to that many wrestling shows as a young kid to know, but the merch back then just wasn't there. Apparently, was it? No, there was very little you could ever buy. I remember when I was in college. Of course, this has been in the late eighties. One of God, I remember this. And then when I was, it was when I was part time at Rock ninety two. One of the local convenience stores was doing some WCW stuff, and I got all the boys back in the dorm like Lex Luger t. I had a Lex Luger t shirt. There was maybe a Sting t shirt or something like that. Particularly when it comes to non WWE, there just was not that much merch. Yeah. And then eventually, as time went on, you get the t shirts and the ice cream sandwiches and stuff like that. But yeah, there was. But every kid. You're right. If you went to a WWE event, the kid wanted the little version of the spiky shit. And, and you like as a parent, you had to pay the 20 bucks or whatever, but he might put out his little brother's eye with that shit. But you had to get it. Right? That's right. <laughs> he was going to destroy his little brother's eye. It'd be a great story for the little brother to tell. Yeah, I lost my eye, but I lost it to some Road Warrior shoulder pads. So it's cool. Yeah. So it's cool. And I wonder at some point in time how many kids for Halloween got dressed up and they did the face paint like the Road Warriors. I bet that was like a big deal at some point. I would have done that. Ah, uh, there was I'll just that in a second. There was just something that those guys did and brought to the business that was so unique. And it looks like, at least for Joe, he didn't get caught up in a lot of the traffics. Now I'm not saying he wasn't doing shit on the road and he might have been banging rats and stuff like that. But it looks like he tried to be home and be a parent as much as he possibly could and do all that stuff. So seems like it. And I think I've he was married. Any- I, I feel like he was married to the same woman for all those years too. I'm not sure he probably was, I'm, but I'm not. But again, sure. all that goes back to that amazing amount of talent that came out of the Robbinsdale area in um, in freaking Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. It was it was them. It was Rick Rude. It was uh, Kurt Hennig. You know, all those guys came out of that. I think it was Brunzel. Uh, wasn't he from up there? I think Bill Eady was in there. I mean, it's like it's just a, That's right. a shit ton. Of, didn't didn't Diamond Dallas Page come out of that whole situation eventually yeah, and go down to Florida that. and stuff and. It was just a shit ton of guys that came out of that whole area. And it's just, I, you're, you're never, I, I feel very confident in saying, if you're a promoter and you saw the Road Warriors and you're like, oh, I want that in my territory, you couldn't really rip it off. I mean, well, Vince did. Blatantly co- ripping it off. <laughs> yeah, you could copy about everything else. Obviously, like the Midnight Rockers was just the Rock and Roll Express with a, another coat of paint on it, whatever. But. I mean, Vince tried with demolition and he did okay with it about as well as you could possibly do. But I don't, I don't think you're ever going to see anything like the road warriors ever again. That's just not going to happen in the business. You're not going to be able to do that. No, I, I can't imagine. 
Like, I think kind of that's what Paulie was kind of trying to do mockingly with that 911 guy just to come in and beat the shit out of people. And maybe a little bit with the gangsters, you know, to play the yeah. music throughout and all that shit. And just like, but you, you're just never going to see anything like that. And people, people would pay good money to go to matches and watch those guys work for three minutes and not feel like, oh, shit, I only saw three minutes worth of action. Right. And, and, and it's like they were the kind of tag team that when somebody would actually beat them, they would almost have the expression on the face like we did when when oh yeah fucking Lesnar pinned Undertaker that time. That's exactly right. Like what did, did what what did we just see? How could they lose? I was I was just watching an AWA thing where um, the Freebirds pinned pinned them, and I'm like, wait, how they lost? They lost a match, but of For course the there Freebirds? was well, there was a shit ton of interference, and of course the Freebirds oh, cheated yeah. like crazy, and you know it was just like and. It has to be said that, you know, that pay-per-view, that Starcade, when the Warriors ended up losing in Chicago, it was one of the bellwethers of Jim Crockett promotions going down the shitter. Yeah. It was it was one of the it was one of the key events and one of the key things in the downward slope of of Jim Crockett promotions. Obviously there was a lot of other stuff and people people have all documented that as far as the dusty finishes and about them expanding too quickly and not, you know, not taking control of the books. And then all of a sudden the accountant one day goes in there and they're like, well, we need to buy a couple of planes. Well, you're fucked. You're about $10 million in debt and we're going to have to sell everything. Oh shit. I didn't know that was happening. Uh, how about that? I can't remember what that guy's name was. Bill Johnson or Bill Johnston or something like that. They, they go in there and go, it's, it's literally like, Hey Bill, uh, we're buying a couple more planes. Go in there and just uh, figure out what we got to do as far as moving from this account to this account, liquefying what, you know, what are we going to do? Just go and do it. And he, Goes in the office and he calls him in and uh, we're broke. (laughs) Jimmy Crockett comes out. His face is like white as shit, whiter than a Trump supporter. And uh, and, uh, he's he's fucked, you know, there. And that's that was that was the the moment of truth. And from there on out, it was like, hey, Ted Turner, you want to get into wrestling business? Here you go. And that started us on the highway to hell, which led to WCW 99 and 2000, which started out this entire episode. And that's how bad the Raw was on Monday night. That that, that whole booking system or the, the books, not booking as in wrestling, but the, the, the accounting books, that sounds like that uh, company that, that Costanza worked for. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, you seen our books, George? <laughs> I, I did love. I love that episode. That was so good. Getting he spins around in the chair to see if he can make it around four times without touching his feet to the ground. <laughs> that was George's day. That's how he did it. But the boy, I think one of the great things about the Road Warriors is that after they got in the business for a little while, they inherently understood the business and they understood how it was important it was. And that's why, you know, Cornette talks about they loved the Midnights because the Midnights would bump for them and they need, they knew what they needed to do and they knew, knew what it took to keep that money coming in. Right. Right. And, and they knew that, you know, the, the, the road warriors need to go over and we need to make it look like, you know, they're fucking King Kong and we'll do that. And, and the, at, at some point level, Joe and Mike completely appreciated it. Like, yeah, man, we really appreciate you. The, the, the teams that would, yeah. they were like, this is what it, you know, we're, I think Joe and Mike understood like, Hey, we're not great. We're not like the strongest guys. We do pretty good. Uh, but if this was legitimate, we would not be doing what we're doing and we need these motherfuckers to put us over. And the people that would, you know, that would put them over, they appreciate it so much because they made a shit ton of money. 
That needs to be said too. Ellering took care of those guys and they made a lot of money here and in Japan and WWE. And, you know, you're never going to hear of Laurinaitis' family unless there's something that's gone completely wrong. That family was taken care of well before that boy ever went to the National Football League. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I would dare say if you inflation adjusted the money that Animal made over his career, I think he probably made more than his son did playing football. I'm just going to say that offhand because those and and then with the investment that I, I would also pile the investments that Ellering put him into and stuff like that. Oh yeah, absolutely. People, if you don't know, Paul Ellering was a shoot manager for those two. In addition to just doing the stuff on camera and doing the stuff at ringside of the show, was to the express very much so, but even to a greater extent because he would he would actually handle their money and put them in investments and stuff and tell them like you need to invest in this real estate and we're going to put our money in this Zubaz and we're going to do this and this and Paul Ellering, people the boys will tell all of these stories about him religiously reading the Wall Street Journal like people in the freaking you know locker room were reading Playboy and Hustler and like the truly tasteless joke book and shit like that. Fucking Ellering is over there studying the Wall Street Journal, looking at trends for stocks and all this shit way before it was cool, way before there was an Internet. It was much easier to follow this shit. And he would get the boys into like really good investments and stuff. And yes, the stuff that that Cornette did, like taking care of their travel plans, booking them on the planes, making sure that they got the right cars and stuff when they got to Dayton or Wichita or wherever. He did all that stuff as well. But Ellering took care of those guys for sure. Yeah. And I mean, God bless him. It's, it's, it's still very hard to believe that animal's gone and that both of those guys are no longer with us. You know, know, man, crazy. I can't, you know, I, when I think of great, you know, uh, road warrior matches, I do think of that scaffold match. That's the one that sticks out. That's the first one that comes to mind, man. That's for me. Uh, that, That was just, it was really kind of before it's time almost. It is. It was it was almost like a superhero kind of thing. Like it was like a Marvel superhero movie kind of. Yeah. Yeah. And, and when you hear that Mike and Joe were like deathly afraid of heights, it even becomes like I think everybody even involved so. I think everybody involved in that match was scared shitless of heights. And it's like, well, this is kind of what we have to do. <laughs> well, most people I think do have some sort of fear of heights, you know, some some are worse than others, but I just can't imagine being that high up and not being somewhat afraid. Yeah. Give me, give me no, one second. Give me a one second to go get uh, Jimmy's book. I want to see what the payoff was for okay. that thing. Because that thing All was right. huge. Oh, and I, as I flip through the book, I see Clash of Champions. <laughs> Is it the Clash of the Champions? No, it's just Clash of Champions. Oh, okay. <laughs> there's the there's the '87 Great American Bash on tour, and there's a picture of Hawk against Big Bubba. Oh mm. man, memories. I'm sorry. I'll be the old man on the porch. This shit was good back in the day, man. I can't. I, you won't find anybody that. Well, you won't find many people anyway that would disagree with that. When this fucking territory blew up, this fucking territory blew up, dude. When it was the shits, it was the shits. It was the rotten shits. But when it was when it blowed up, it blowed, it blowed up. on the hell up. Starcade '86, Night of the Skywalkers. This is going to be the 27th of November, 1986. Bubba Rogers over Ron Garvin in a Louisville street fight. I believe they've been having a Louisville street fight over the past couple of days, haven't they? <laughs> IRL. Uh, Road Warriors over Midnight Express in the Skywalker Scaffold match. That was in the Omni. The match, uh, JC remembers, two days before Starcade, Dusty had a meeting with all the top talent concerning the Starcade made events. Obviously, the uh, Midnight Express was going to lose to the 
warriors. But his idea was after the finish, they would chase me up the scaffold. I would take a bump off as well to make the fans forget that the Express had lost. This, this actually turns out to be a good story, so pay attention to this. He okay. said, Bubba and the Express are all in the ring, JC. You're hanging there. You just kick your feet up, baby, and you just drop, and they catch you like they catch a chili to the football game, baby. And nobody remembers the Express lost at all. So he's, th- he's saying he, – he's even – Dusty, to an extent, is going, look, I know you guys are going to lose and stuff, and I know it's a big deal, wins and losses, but we're going to do this wacky thing at the end, and it won't hurt you. That's, that's, that's essentially what he's saying. Mm-hmm. Well, we got to the Omni that afternoon, and I looked at the scaffold. It was 24 feet off the floor, 21 feet above the mat. I told the boys that the University of Alabama football team wouldn't have caught me coming off that thing. It would have killed all of us. So we came up with Plan B, which is not just really decent birth control, but not Plan A. Uh, I would drop with my arms spread out. Bubba would get under me to partially break the fall with his arms, and we would drop and roll to the side like the paratroopers do. The best laid plans of mice and men, Bryant. I don't know. I knew the best laid plans. Yep. I knew I was going to hurt something. The only question was how bad. That's uh, more to come on that later. But the team was in need, and this was the biggest show of all time. On the undercard, Bubba beat Garvin in the street fight. Then it was time. We went to the ring knowing this was the biggest match we'd ever had. Hawk, showing what a tough SOB he was, went up the scaffold with a brace under his boot. On the broken lower leg bone he had suffered in Japan, but at least the Warriors knew they would not be taking the bump unless something happened, which easily it could have. It was the this is interesting. Now I, I don't know if you've ever heard this. It was the worst big show match the Midnight Express ever had, according to Jim Cornette. It was the worst big big show match that they ever had. I think I have heard him say that which was because history has shown you can't really have a good match up there because you can't do much. But as scaffold matches go, it was great and put the gimmick on the national map. Dennis finally took the bump and only ended up feeling like he'd been hit by a car. <laughs> Bobby Bobby took the bump and sprained his ankle. Then Hawk and Ellering chased me up to the top. Trapped in the middle, I dropped to the scaffold and reached underneath to grab the ladder. Animal, bless him. Here we go. Here's Joe taking care of Jimmy, grabbed my leg and held me until I got my grip. As we had arranged, which I yelled, let me go, he did. I hung there swinging for a few seconds, then let go. Time stood still, and the wind wishing by me as I sounded, sounded like a freight train. But watching the video back, it looked like I defied the law of gravity and, it, and felt like I had been shot from a cannon. I fell so fast, Bubba completely missed me. <laughs> and I hit like a cow turd. I felt my leg bend sideways the wrong way, but thankfully my head snapped back into Bubba's knee and knocked me out for a few seconds, serving as a natural anesthetic. <laughs> so he wasn't able to feel anything because he was unconscious. From getting, <laughs> probably got concussed on top and of I would, that. I would just remind you, this man does not believe in God. See, God was taking care of James E. Cornette, even though he doesn't realize it, by knocking his ass out. Um, I came to my senses expecting to see a bone sticking out of my leg, but it wasn't. So I begged Bubba in a soprano voice to carry, God damn me, carry the back, God damn, carry, fuck me, my fucking leg, God damn me, fuck motherfucker. I get, I, carry me, and they all helped me out of there. The fans were throwing babies in the air, and we took off. Once in the locker room, shock set in. I actually walked to the car and drove to my hotel. That's going to seem amazing in about five seconds. 
and put an ice pack on my knee, went to sleep knowing we had just done something, all caps, people were going to remember, just not exactly that. The gate. The scaffold match was booked third from the top underneath Nikita Koloff versus Ric Flair for the title. Nobody remembers that match. I did. Nobody I, I remembers that no match. No idea that was on there. And Tully Blanchard versus Dusty Rhodes in a first blood match. I'll give you that was actually one that might be a little more memorable. I'll give you that. But well, I think they, that feud went on forever. It did, but I think they were just trying to recreate the magic of the the Magnum and Tully or the Tully match. The uh, I quit. I think is what mm-hmm. they were trying to re- recreate yeah. there. But it was a feature attraction, and what the event was named after, so it can be considered a main event as well. The card drew a sellout. 16,000 fans paying $307,000 at the Greensboro Coliseum. And this is what I'll this is when I'll get out the inflation calculator and I'll give you the inflation adjusted on that one. $307,000 in today's money would be $681,000. And if any promoter could get any I mean if you could get that for fucking SummerSlam, you would run to the bank and throw it in there right now. Additionally, several uh, several thousand people paid $70,000 at the Greensboro Coliseum Annex. That's $155,000 in today's money. We're looking at over eight hundred grand, Nearly a million bucks. Just in the Greensboro Coliseum. We're not even counting Atlanta. This all-time record is for 12 years until April 26th of 1998 when a WWE pay-per-view in Greensboro drew $341,000 and that's in 1998 dollars. Hang on. We'll do the math on that one, too, because we are a fact-based podcast. That kind of money in 1998 would equal not as much, $527,000. So they still, inflation-adjusted, drew more money. Mm-hmm. In the Omni, where half the matches, including the scaffold, were held, about 15000 paid three hundred grand. let us do the net math on that one. $300,000 in 1987, 1986, rather, let me see. That equals $689,000. Golly. We're looking at $1.3 million easily in 1986 dollars uh, for those. And then what do we have here? Closed caption at the Omni. Let's add another. And uh, Columbia, South Carolina. Oh, God. Tons of cities. There's, there's way too much. This is easily $2 million in today's, were they, today's money. Uh, closed circuit TV? Yeah, they did closed circuit. I remember they did it in Asheville. They did it like at the Asheville yeah. Civic Center and places like that. You do it. Yeah. The videotape, which was the first NWA tape to be released in conjunction with uh, Turner Home Video, was the first pro wrestling video in history to go sell gold with sales over 50,000 units. And, Bryant, that's when they were selling that shit for like 80 bucks, right? Mm-hmm. It is safe to estimate that the pre-pay-per-view era, over 60,000 fans left their home on Thanksgiving night to see Starcade 86 either live or on big screens. God almighty. The fallout. Jim Cornette woke up the next day with a knee three times its normal size and unable to walk. He returned to Charlotte, underwent surgery the following day for a a torn anterior cruciate ligament and extensive cartilage damage. In those days, an ACL repair would have been six months out of work, so he opted for a cleanup and arthroscopic procedure. Arthroscopic procedures were not that advanced in 1986. Mm-mm. I can tell you that. And to this day, he has no ACL, only a third of the cartilage in his right knee. Well, that's why he's in such a bad attitude. He wants to murder people all the time. 
He's in fucking pain constantly. They see, you know, if it, this is where him and Russo should make up, is if he could smoke some pot, I think it would help him with the pain in that knee. I'm in favor of Russo handing him, I don't know about edibles, because edibles I don't know are helpful. But yeah, they, I, don't they know. Get, what, I, don't, I don't know. Edibles aren't helpful. They're not as potent. Is that what you're saying? I've always heard from people who know, and I'm talking about Joe Rogan, uh, that if you eat them, it's a much harsher, harsher high than it is if you toke them. Again, oh. I, it's way out of my level of expertise. I guess because it goes straight into your bloodstream and stuff. I don't know. I, it's just the way it's know. different the way your body metabolizes it. I don't know. I, I, yeah. I, I can't explain it. Because I guess it's it would still go into your bloodstream. Somehow. Air, in your air ducts, too. So, yeah. Something. Um, they would not know for months, even years, Starcade 86 match would be the most watched tape they would ever participate in. Thanks to the videotape, the commercials for the video that played on every TBS broadcast for months. I think you remember seeing those those commercials because they showed Jimmy hanging from that scaffold. Yeah, oh yeah, I can picture that easily. I mean, that's a dramatic thing. If you go to a commercial like, Starcade 86, Night of the Skywalkers, order now from Turner Home Video. You know, that, that sort of shit. Remember that? Right, right, right. I Thanks do remember the- that Thanks to the videotape, the commercials for the video that played on every TBS broadcast for months, the release by WWE of the Road Warriors and Starcade DVDs and inclusion of the scaffold match in its entirety and the overall interest in the event over the past 20 years, this match was seen by more fans than anything else the Express ever did. That is interesting. I wonder if it's actually been seen by more fans of the Road Warriors as well. Because the match that I think of for the Road Warriors that may have been the signature match for them in World Wrestling Entertainment was that awful match they had over in England when Hawk was just stoned out of his head. You've heard him talk about that, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I, that's the one. That was a terrible match, but but it's only been, I think, it's only penetrated the consciousness of a lot of wrestling fans because of the freakish nature of it, not because it was any good or anything. Right, right, right. Because you can see him like barely able to operate. Yeah. It's like he was Jeff Hardy Steen thing. He was Jeff. Jeff Hardy was ripping him off. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff Hardy was paying tribute to Hawk, and he didn't even know it, with a face paint and not being able to work and everything. And Sting just couldn't go along with it because he couldn't do business. Bastard. That's my that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Let me see. Let me let me show you what Jimmy made on this thing because they've got his pay stub for Jim Jim Crockett Promotions for just for the Coliseum, right? Or is it for the just for Starcade? God damn it! You're not even going to believe this. I'm gonna go ahead and do the, I'm gonna go ahead and do the math on this one before we even get down because I think we talked about this years ago on this. All right, <clears throat> this is what he made like wait, from the take from the this is, this is just for the for the show because I don't think they got uh, anything from the tape. Okay. okay, I don't think they got I don't think they got fuck off for the tape. Gotcha. Uh, they may, right. maybe when it went on the network, eventually they get like a, a tenth of a tenth of a tenth of a penny every time somebody watches it or some shit or out of every subscription or something like that. <laughs> Ricky Steamboat's like that's more than I got. So it shows on this pay stub uh, a talent fee on the 24th of November from Greenville, from the mm-hmm. Greenville Memorial Auditorium. That would have been $40. $40 bucks, just a regular show gearing up. And that's $91 in today's money. $91. What year is this? 1986. Six, that's right. They show him in Spartanburg. On the 25th, next night, getting ready again for Starcade, 145 bucks, $333. Now, there's a lot of wrestlers today that would love to go out and get a payday of $333. A lot of guys working indies and shit like that. Yeah. How much, how much did they say? Didn't, didn't Moxley say he made 1000 bucks for the, the, 
the last ride of uh, the shield. Isn't that what Mox so. said? It was like a, it was like a thousand or twelve hundred dollars, yeah. something like yeah. that. So his payoff for Starcade, just for the show itself, ten thousand forty-five dollars, nineteen eighty-six money, translated in today's in today's money, twenty-three thousand dollars in for one night's work. So they split that three ways. Is that what happened? No, that's that his. That's his. That's just, that's just his. Yeah, the other boys made ten, they, and the other they they always made the same money. That's how really? they worked it out. Yeah. 10,000 bucks, $23,000. There are people working today who are working two jobs that are not making $23,000. A year. Yep. And then they had, they've always wondered about this one. At the end of it, they've got a little addendum that says transfer Magnum, $11.30.86. They would take 25 bucks out of each boy's paycheck to take care of Magnum after the wreck. That's cool. They did that for a while. And that's what they did. So that's part of the Road Warriors mystique and all that stuff. And that's part of what we're doing. And I'm sure there'll be some sort of I, – I did not see any tribute to him on on SmackDown of any note. I don't know if they showed something or did a 10-bell salute, but I didn't pay a lot of attention to SmackDown. I would hope that there would be some sort of really large tribute to him on, on Clash of Champions. Yeah, I, I want to say they did do a little um, something for him, a little video thing. And they definitely did the – the thing before the show, before SmackDown came on, you know, the Road Warrior Animal, Joe Laurinaitis, and then his birth and death dates. Because sometimes Vince gets a little sensitive about the dead wrestlers. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that does happen. Yeah. Uh, maybe they will do something tonight. I'm not sure. Any closing thoughts on this edition of uh, Katie Vick is Alive Alive? Anything that you'd like to add about the Road Warriors or anything that you saw this week. I, I did see uh, All Elite Wrestling's Dynamite. We were watching the dark, I thought, the or the, the late night Dynamite. Yeah, I saw a little bit of that. I didn't see the whole thing. And then they kind of teased what we saw with Cody on the regular Dynamite because Brandy was attacked by the Dark Order and in her match. She lost to Anna Jay. And then nobody was there to help her, not her husband, not her brother-in-law, nobody at all. And then we see Cody with the jet black hair coming out on Wednesday and I, I don't know if he's going to be a heel. He's going to be a face. I don't know what we're teasing there. But I thought overall it was a pretty good episode of All Elite Wrestling's Dynamite. They, those guys just continue to openly clown Excalibur. Tony and, and JR are at the point now where they just openly make fun of that guy. Yeah. He um, he deserves it. But, uh, but- you deserve it. <laughs> Co- uh, well, I think COVID's running pretty rampant down there too. Apparently, with uh, Lance Archer and uh, several other of the uh, boys and probably girls too have um, that remain nameless. Uh, that well, if you, you can go back and look and see who hasn't appeared in the last couple of weeks and figure out who it is, but I, I really haven't done that. But apparently, that's that's the case. And uh, and Lance Archer, I don't know if you read his. Uh, the, the tweet that kind of gave the excuse of he got it from a family member kind of thing that is that what they said? And that's what he said. That's what Lance Archer said. And right. I was like, well, he kind of went out of his way to, he need like deep, it's like a paragraph that long about, you know, I did this and this, 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 and, and the family member did this and we met this way. And that, it was like going into this deep, dark explanation of how he got it. And I'm like, why, is, why do we need to know all this? And come to find right. out there's this thing that, going around that apparently the boys and girls have been out clubbing and shit like that. And oh, 
Oh, not, you don't say. Yeah. They've been out with, oh, so yeah, he's nothing like Dixie. Tony Khan is nothing like Dixie Carter. I mean, why would you people continue to say that? Man, yeah. So th- that's kind of turned me off a little bit on AEW. And then, I don't know. I thought it was a little, a little off this week. And I, I'm, I, I'm wondering if it's because of that whole Lance Archer thing. I don't think that would have thrown off the whole thing. But I'm thinking it might be more of a some of the people that have caught it have bailed out or had to bail out and they had to, you know, do some patchwork at the last minute, but it just seemed a little off this week for some reason. Andy, Andy darling, Ben Carter had a really good match with Scorpio sky ended up winning that match on the uh, late night. And then he tests, he puts out there that he's actually tested positive for COVID. There you go. So, so they're, they're clowning Excalibur because he's talking about Matt Seidel and he's talking about some sort of Charmic experience he had in South America. And they go, what the fuck does that mean? He goes, well, uh, he's drinking Hawaska. You're goddamn. And they just start laughing at him and shit. And then they were doing anything like root beer. <laughs> What's that about? That A&W? Is that like, I just drink the light root beer. It's what I drink now with my Moscow mule. Goddamn, that's crazy. And then on regular Dynamite, uh, Eddie Kingston was wearing the yellow and stuff, and it was some Japanese hobbita, hoobita, hoobita, like nobody cares. And they were like, oh, yeah, we all knew that. They were just like clowning his ass openly. It's like, Jesus, he's just a joke to everybody. He's just a fucking joke to everybody. They just continue to pound the shit out of him, and they should. I I have no problem with it. I think it's funny. You're going to get all this shit now. If, 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 if Tony Khan... If Dixie, if he's really Dixie Carter, then you're going to have a lot of a lot of the boys out there drinking wine with him back in the hotel and then fucking him. There's going to be some stories about that coming out I real hope soon. That does not the case. <laughs> are, the, are the Jaguars back on the tanking thing? Because they did a good job last week. I, I, I don't thought, know what's I the they score were. right now. <laughs> I'm not sure. We got to see because Tony's daddy's team started doing. They did it really well with the tanking, and I thought they were going to start, you know, doing the tanking thing again. And I don't know. Let me see. Oh, that's right. They played Thursday night. They tanked to the the Dolphins. Oh, right. Yes, they did. They sucked ass. Good job, guys. Now you're learning. Lose one more for Trevor. Come on now. You can do it. Bryant can be followed on social media at Bryce Sports. That's good on Instagram or Twitter, BRY Sports. I'm at Britt Whitmire on the Twitter machine, B-R-I-T-T-W-H-I-T-M-I-R-E. And on Instagram, it's beat up for reels, B-D-U-B number four, R-E-E-L-Z. The most important handle on social media, though, is at Katie Vick Alive. That's the one you want to follow, at Katie Vick Alive. And we'll be trying to do some stuff from Clash of Champions uh there tonight and if you'd like to support what we do we would love for you to have us uh love for you to have you rather shop at our amazon store which is katievic.com really easy to remember that katievic.com i think prime day is going to be coming up soon you may need stuff for back to school because there may be children that actually go into a classroom at some point and of course christmas is around the corner all that shit katievic.com until next time fans we'll see you ringside fans that'll do it for this week see you next week and until then so long for now